Hello and welcome to the Android Police Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, we are previewing what you're all going to hear about relentlessly next week, talking, of course, about Samsung's Galaxy Impact event, which is happening in Korea for the first time on July 26th. As I'm sure you've seen, if you've read any mobile website over the last few weeks, the Fold, the Flip, the watches, the tablets, it's all happening. We'll preview it all for you this week, and then we'll get into the details next week. We'll talk about the Nothing Phone 2, which also is now available in the US for the first time. It's an interesting product, but maybe not as interesting as we were hoping. And then Will is just going to wax lyrical about Motorola once again. So this has become a Motorola stand podcast. Really I'm sorry for anybody else who was not expecting that. Including me. Um, I was not I expecting that. I mean, it just that, proves so. that time is a flat circle yeah. because it literally has been a decade since Motorola was this good. Mm. It's true. And I don't actually think we were that evangelical about them even back when they were releasing good phones in 2011, 2012. Oh, so this I is am. just net new. The Moto X is what made me an Android fan. Yeah, but that was a that was less that was a Google phone, really. I mean, I'm thinking more about like Actually, let's just talk about Motorola's history over the next few minutes. That's I've been great. trying for the last 30 seconds to remember what their like 2011 era skin was called. Can you please help me? It, it's killing me. Oh, it was uh, <sighs> mo um, <laughs> Moto. It was Moto something. What was it? Moto Maker? No, no that was no. for the Moto X. Oh, man. Uh, I, I'm like trying to think of it. Uh, and it's... It's just oh blur Moto blur, blur. thank you blur anyway I I think they should bring bring back blur that's all I was gonna say yeah Motorola's history is is fascinating is fascinating phone company. absolutely all right we'll start with non Motorola stuff because we'll we'll end the show on a high note but Will how are you how how are you feeling most of all I feel like when we recorded two weeks ago, I on that episode was like, yeah, I, my my throat feels weird. I, I'm a little under the weather, but mostly fine. And and, <laughs> and then I maybe had strep, which is why we didn't do an episode last week uh, in part. Uh, also, Prime Day, Ara was I was going to say uh, it you was were just, dead no and one, I was yeah, dead. <laughs> no, one, no one could. I could barely talk and, and, and could barely eat. So uh, but now I'm now I'm mostly back to normal. Uh, more or less back to normal or whatever my normal baseline was. Normal's overrated. Yeah, Ara, you you obviously were were exhausted for different reasons. But uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. The pain meds have kicked in. So I am. You're, ready you're rolling. to yeah i i've got I, a lot said, i've got a lot to do this week you said pain we've all meds, got a lot to do right i yes. heard payments are <laughs> not paid she's like i'm good now no 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 no. payday is next week mm -hmm. i mean none of us get paid for this let's be honest <laughs> nope. this podcast is a labor of love it really is it has only ever lost money <laughs> uh if anybody listening wants to sponsor this podcast i'm all emails podcast at androidpolice.com all right, let's jump in. Let's talk about the Galaxy Fold 5, the Galaxy Flip 5, the Galaxy Watch 6, 6 Classic, and a bevy of tablets, all of which have leaked in, I mean, they've been leaking for months, but in earnest of the last week, we know a fair amount about all of them. We can say with confidence that the Fold will look very similar to its predecessor in almost every way, except for the fact that the hinge appears to be slightly tighter this year. Yeah, they've closed and the gap, basically. As a result, yeah. you won't have that gap, which honestly, Good. in regular use, is not even an issue on the Z Fold 4. But because competitors like Huawei and Xiaomi and Honor and even Google have managed to eliminate that gap, Samsung had no choice, I think. It looks better. It's more symmetrical. Yeah, Great. I'm just hoping. I'm hoping for something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm hoping there's some like, because like obviously when you have leaks, like they're they're mostly hardware leaks, right? And so I'm hoping there's some kind of like new software thing that will convince me that you know this isn't just a complete retread of what they did last year, but with like the gap fixed. Because I I just cannot get excited about 
the fact that the gap is fixed. As you say, the thinness of something like the Pixel Fold is great, but you don't really notice it after a while on the Z Fold 4. It's it's fine. It's not the worst thing in the world or anything. And I would just like to hope that there's something more to this phone, uh, this $1,800 probably phone, if their pricing sticks to last year's model. But yeah. I mean, in the year Samsung has had, there's nowhere for prices to go but up. That's true. Like, that's just that's a true. given. But at the same time, I'm really at least hoping that most of this stuff sticks to the price that it was before. I just don't know if the leaks are right, especially on the Fold, because the Flip at least has that new cover screen that's going to rival what Motorola did with the Razer. If they raise the price to 2000 or something on the on the Fold 5, what are we doing? Like, there's nothing new here enough to justify. And they kept the prices on the S23 series the same. So, like, it, it seems they're kind of trying to keep it locked there. But, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see for, for next week. I think even if the prices remain the same, the value proposition of the Z Fold 5 is very different, even without a number of the international devices available to a North American audience. They are aware they exist, right? We've seen improvements to every company's foldable engineering and software in the last year that wasn't there a year before, right? Xiaomi, Honor, Huawei, right? The Pixel Fold does add an element of com- competition, but as you've said, Will, like it's not what we hoped it would be from a software perspective. And then there's the specter of the OnePlus, whatever it's going to be Whatever it's called. The <laughs> OnePlus Foldable coming later this year, probably in August. So if that device brings the best features of ColorOS and localizes them for a North American market, and gives you that pixel fold form factor without the software limitations, that's actually a really compelling argument to me for waiting for that device. Look, like I, I haven't used the OnePlus 11 in, in quite a few months, right? It's been, there's been a lot of phones this year. This is like the first time since spring that I have not been bouncing between a phone every two weeks. The OnePlus 11 was not a bad phone, especially the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 in it was like fantastic. It, it's, I think, the best battery life I've seen on a phone this year still. I was getting like like nine hours of screen on time. If if they can kind of translate that experience. And, and I know I know part of that is like, oh, well, they're force closing apps in the background or whatever. But whatever. If they can kind of bring that experience over into like they're foldable and get seven hours of screen on time on the foldable and 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 keep it cool under pressure both of which are things that like the pixel fold can't do and even the z fold 4 is like not i wouldn't say it's a battery champ it's it's fine it's not bad but um i don't know i think that would be like a really like interesting package from oneplus yeah exactly so that really puts the argument back to samsung on four years into this foldable journey are we able to say that they've sort of reached the logical limits of what they can do with the form factor? Has it become as iterative on the foldable side as it is on the regular smartphone side? What do we want from next-gen foldables, I guess is my question. Because as boring as I think these leaks are, just changing the design of it wouldn't really be enough to get me excited especially if they kept much like the the pixel fold if they kept the dimensions like the exact same where it's literally the same size same size screen it's just that the the crease is like running the opposite way that saves me a step when i want to like open it in landscape to watch a video or if i want to use the front screen and have it feel more comfortable in my hand but like is that really a next gen improvement or is that just a different kind of iterative upgrade to me the thing that like and i and i <laughs> i do not know the technical capabilities of this, but like the thing that would get me the most excited as small as it is, is that if they can just keep making that inner screen feel better under my finger, which is like such a small thing of like, it's not going to catch anyone's eye in the store. We've seen them improve, like the more layers they've added, the better it feels. We've seen this improve over generations in comparing the Pixel Fold to the Z Fold 4. It's clear that Google is like using less layers on their screen and it it is a, a lesser experience because of that. Stuff like that, like refining the materials. And to a certain point, they're doing that with the hinge, but it is just hard to get excited when it it is so iterative. I think they really need to push of like, look, we're like getting this closer to feeling like 
glass under your finger as opposed to like the plasticky feeling that I think we've all gotten used to on foldables. Manuel yesterday was digging out devices for comparisons ahead of all this unpacked stuff, and he brought out one of the Honor foldables and was just like, man, if I could just get this in North America and if we could just get this with like Google suite of apps. And I'm like, I've never wanted a Google Play edition of a device more because that would be amazing. We're really throwing it be... back today to like early 2010s. Like we've got Moto, Moto Blur, we've got Google Play editions of phones. Like this is a 2014 podcast. And I mean, I get that it's hard for Honor to break into the American market, but helping further establish the foldables market especially in the Americas, being able to be like, okay, you can focus on your hardware, get everything as good as it is. So long as you give us all the drivers, we can get the software to where it needs to be for a North American audience. That would be the best way for Google to help blow open the foldables market, considering the Pixel Fold is not ready for prime time. And Otter is ready for prime time. What was it? Was it Vivo? Oppo? Oppo has yeah, Oppo, Oppo has, has a couple that would be fun to see here. But yeah, uh, it's these Chinese OEMs that don't have the brand power here, but the hardware is legit. And so long as we could get a software experience that is clean and has all your favorite apps, has all your features that you're looking for, I feel like that could just bring so much life back to this market to be fair what you're looking for is not really a google play edition no it's a you want a pixel edition like you don't want no one wants stock android anymore really oh no 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 no. yeah and and so that would be tough but it is a challenge oh man if google could like license one of those like they did the nexuses that dream is dead that dream is dead dead and buried i think what what i'm looking at is a combination of the best parts of say the honor v magic v2 which is 10 inch 10 millimeters thick when closed which is crazy <laughs> the form factor of a pixel fold with a better internal display because then mm-hmm. you can have that front display usable all the time and actually it feels like the right size and the software of a samsung where the changes made to optimize the internal display experience are considered mature and just make sense, right? Multi-window, multitasking, swapping nicely between yeah, like inter- the, the in and outer display, layout, et cetera. Mirroring, which is great. I still hate it. On it's the bizarre. Fold. Yeah. But when I look at something like the Honor Magic V2, I'm like, all right, we're getting there. It's still too tall. It's still too big when open, in my opinion. But this ideal workflow where i do the most of my work on the outer display and because the phone is not too heavy and too thick that i feel like i'm using a foldable all the time and then whenever i need to open netflix or google maps or whatever i can then open the internal display and use that in 30 40 percent of situations that makes sense and for me, that's where the value comes in. And that's where I'm willing to spend the extra money. But every time I tried to use the Z Fold 4, and I did for months, I use it as my daily driver for four months, five months, I would get frustrated with the narrowness of the external display. I'd get frustrated with the internal display's aspect ratio in general and the difficulty in figuring out, even though like the portrait app situation wasn't always bad, because it's taller than wider. So we don't have that pillar boxing issue on with the Pixel Fold and a lot of the apps are not optimized for landscape. It still feels weird. And I don't like that form factor as much as I do the landscape foldable. But when you open up a Pixel Fold, it feels cheap. It feels like it's unfinished and you want to turn it back to the front display. And that's my problem. As well as all the other factors around like, it does not appear that Samsung takes cameras seriously on its foldables. So that's where I'm landing. And I think we might get there next year or the year after on, with Samsung. But in all honesty, if OnePlus can do that, and I think it will, then that's going to be the foldable that I really covet this year. You brought up thinness. And, and I think beyond the inner screen quality, I think that might be not even so much thinness as much as, I mean, yes, but but like, 
I like the size and shape of the Pixel Fold's outer screen. Like, I, I think I have said on this podcast, I just want a phone that, that is that size. I think that would be incredible. Like, not a foldable, just a normal phone with that, like, it's what, 17.5 by 9 or whatever aspect ratio, like 5.8 or whatever inch screen. I think that would be great. But the problem with even using the Pixel Fold in, in that way is that it is so, it's so heavy. I did not realize the Honor Magic V2 was, uh, it's lighter than an iPhone 14 Pro Max, which is crazy. It says it's either 231 or 237 grams on, on GSM Arena. I don't know. I guess it's just whether you have the glass back or the eco leather back, but that's wild. That is what I want is, is a phone that can, a foldable that can, you know, breach that like, and I believe Samsung's rumored to be down to like 250 something, but like if we can get below 240, 230 grams if we can start to approach like standard smartphone weight which is still pretty heavy these days but like the lighter we can get where it's like it no longer feels like you were holding two phones in your hand yeah like that is what i want yeah agreed not a whole lot more to say about the fold at the moment let's move to the flip yeah i think this is the one that's more interesting absolutely i think we have a good idea that the front display is going to be as good or better than what we see on the Motor Razor Plus. Mm, are we sure about that? It, I mean, it certainly looks like it from the leaks, but what gives you pause? I mean, the thicker bezels, especially how instead of having hole punch for the cameras, they just basically have a huge polygonal cutout for it. I think that's fine. I'm pretty indifferent on the on the cutouts on the Razor. I think I think you could cut around them and, and have a similar Well, but experience. also the bezels on all the other sides seem thicker than the Moto. That might be true. I'll, I'd have to see it in person, but I will say it seems like they've like all the leaks show that like in addition to not cutting, not using the, the cutouts around the cameras, just using the like folder shape or whatever, um, they've moved the screen up too. So like that'll that'll help as opposed to the razor where it's kind of further down. So I, I don't know. It'll it, it'll probably be a pretty similar experience overall. What, what'll really matter is the software and, and what they're yeah. do you think do. that you'll be able to use the apps like you can on the motor razor plus probably not out of the box i bet uh, yeah, i bet that's it's more restricted for me. i need this to be out of the box and i am almost positive it isn't because we would have seen like leaked materials of some ad that samsung has prepped yeah i think they're gonna gate it behind like a labs feature or yeah. something you have to install some no, they're, from they're, the labs, labs would at least be available to like pretty much all countries they're gonna shove this in good luck so that locks <laughs> it out of like dozens of different countries like, yeah. that, like that is a really strong thing about about the razors that it gives you the widgets you can select from but one of the pages is apps and whenever you launch an app from it it's like hey might not work right hit accept and then you're good to go and you can just run what uh, i think the exception is like the settings menu you can't open on the front screen everything else go for it and and i i love that sense of freedom not everyone will no risk no reward baby that's what i'm saying it can be a little buggy but i think motorola split the difference well see this is already turning into a pro motorola segment i'm just really i just really love the razor guys it's just (laughs) so good two little questions there first do you have to hit the can you do like don't show again for the this app may be weird on the cover it only opens the first time you open an app okay cool it does it for every app once but once oh. so like but it's it really i haven't seen it in like three weeks i have not opened it yeah new I, app in three I, weeks, I, I, you I know? get it like it, it's but it i is, wish that was the kind of thing that you could be like yes and don't show this again maybe you can in settings i haven't seen it, it it's like accepting permissions like it's the same it's oh. the same prompt it it looks identical to accepting like storage permissions on a on another app it's not a big deal second question does the razor cover screen have the quick settings the way that the flip does because I can understand not opening like the full settings up, oh, but you yeah, should at yeah, least yeah. be able if you, to like If you slide down, off. you can see all your all your quick settings. It's like yeah. it's the same. So long as yeah. you need quick toggles are all you need from a cover screen. Yeah, no, no. That that's why I'm not compl- I'm not actually complaining about not being able to get to the settings menu. It's just like the one app you can't you can't open. Yeah. Okay. So again, like I'm not a huge fan. I, I agree with Ara to some extent. Like if the front display is uneven because the camera and flash have been explicitly like carved in there. I just think that's going to look odd, but it's not 
a deal breaker in any real way. Again, it just feels like they're doing the bare minimum here. Oh, they absolutely so. are. Like, here's the thing. Samsung is proud of its dominance in this field and believes that it owns this field worldwide. And until somebody comes and just absolutely eats their lunch, they're not going to fully commit to, like, exploring and experimenting with it again because right now they don't need to i don't know if they can afford to be that experimental with these phones especially with as expensive as the fold is the flip at least is going to be a reasonable price because at its core it is just a phone it's not a phone and a tablet it's just a phone and i mean even last year at launch the galaxy z flip 4 was available free with trade-in on basically every carrier if the flip 5 is the same way and man i hope it is then at the very least, the Flip 5, if it does cover screen apps correctly and makes it something that you don't have to install extra software for, then the Flip 5 can succeed. But otherwise, I, I think the Flip 5 is going to be shinier and looks better, but the Razer is going to be a better experience outside of the cameras because the cameras kind of suck on all the clamshell foldables. Well, it's still, unfortunately, the most exciting product in the lineup. So that speaks to just how iterative this entire year's unpacked is going to be, which is likely why they are holding it in South Korea. So at least it's marginally more interesting than if they just held another press conference in Brooklyn. I do get big. This could have been an email vibes from this. A hundred percent. You do not need to go to Korea. I mean, Stephen is going to Korea for us. He's going to love it. I'm sure it's going to be great, but still. This definitely could have been. Can I tell you guys real quick before we move on from the the flip? Because I feel like we have nothing to talk about this phone with. I saw Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One in theaters uh, this past weekend, as Tom Cruise begged me to do. Mm -hmm. And you're just fulfilling your duty. I really am. I was just supporting cinema, and uh, you can see it in the trailer. He he calls a little yellow car uh, when he's when he's you know trying to get away from the bad guys. And to to do it, he pulls out a. I I think it's a flip four. It might be a flip three. Uh, but he he flips open the phone and and hits some buttons on it to activate the the car. And I just thought you guys would appreciate that Tom Cruise at one point held a held a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip. I do. I I very much appreciate that. <laughs> I just I like did the like the the I did the Leo point at the screen. I don't know what it is because it. it's like because I mean it's even like um back when the flip first started and there was like oh people would do like um. Treat it like a Star Trek uh, communicator. Mm -hmm. or, uh, it's just, it's one of those things, man. We like things that can snap close like that and be smaller or pocket size. We don't need everything to be huge. It's interesting. I was on Instagram this morning and I follow a friend of mine is a wedding photographer or professional photographer who does mostly weddings. And she posted about how so many of her clients these days are wearing smartwatches and most likely Apple watches to their shoots. And especially for men, you know, if you're wearing a, a nicely tailored suit and you're posing next to your fiance or, or, or your wife and you're wearing a little Apple watch is sticking out the cuff, that's going to look terrible in 10, 15 years. And I wonder about that, right? Because I've been guilty of it before wearing a smartwatch to a formal event and being like, oh, it's like, I'm wearing a nice strap. I'm wearing a leather strap. Nobody's going to care. And to be fair, the Galaxy Watch does look a little bit more like a traditional watch than an Apple Watch. You can tell an Apple Watch from a mile away. You may not be able to do the same for a Galaxy Watch. Hey, as long as the screen off, it really doesn't look all that different until you get close enough to see that, oh, there's not actually, that's not glass with something under it. It's just glass with a digitizer. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, we're at the point now where we're, you know, obviously many generations into the smartwatch, the, the accepted smartwatch design. The Galaxy Watch as a product has not changed much since like 2015, really, like before it was even called the Galaxy Watch. Physically, does much more need to change? We're not going to get smaller smartwatches any, uh, again because I've begged for that for years and it's just not going to happen. At this point, I don't need it to change fundamentally in design. I just need it to be able to do things more efficiently. I need it to be able to do them faster because we just keep getting these shit slow processors in these in these watches. And I need it to be a more seamless 
device between my phone and my watch. Because being able to triage some notifications is great, but the fact that I have to like go, especially for Galaxy Watch, where if you didn't have the app installed before you added the Galaxy Watch, notifications don't automatically go to your wrist. You have to go into the app and turn it on for every single one. But for Galaxy Watch, I want it to be a better fitness tracker. I want it to be a more accurate fitness tracker. But I don't think we will be able to get to a point where this will be both a perfectly accurate fitness tracker and something that you will actually want to wear. In order to get good readings, you need to have a good solid fit with no gaps between the sensor and your wrist. And for a lot of us, that is not possible. Honestly, to me, it's thickness that that really like yeah. betrays a smartwatch. If you look at somebody's wrist and there's this protrusion, it's very obvious that it's a smartwatch most of the time. Even the Apple Watch is not a thin smartwatch. No, it and isn't. The Galaxy Watches are I wouldn't say particularly thick. I think the Galaxy Watch 5 is like 9 millimeters thick. Well, and for Galaxy Watch 5, they I hate that this is one of the things that I remember from writing the review for the Watch 5 because I thought it was stupid the first time I heard it, but for the Watch 5, one of the main things they did was they redid how they did the curve of the watch and the underside sensor so that way it would hide against your wrist a little bit more instead of like being up and above the bezel or being up and above the lugs, which I kind of thought was nice. I noticed that. But also, this is going to be a, just a completely random thing. I basically live at Walt Disney World, so I get to do a lot of people watching. And smartwatches is, are one of those things that it's really easy to watch and like, See, okay, who has what? And yes, I notice a lot of Apple Watches. I'm amazed how many, like, either Android or third-party, like, RTOS whatever watches that I see out there. Mostly because if it's a round watch, I go, ooh, well, it's not the Samsung curve, so what is that? And two-thirds of the time, it's some other kind of smartwatch, not a regular watch. So I don't think it's that awkward to wear something like this in wedding photos, especially because... God knows what we were wearing in the 70s and the 80s. Like, is this any, really any worse? No, I, I disagree with that. I think watches have always had an established aesthetic, right? Going back, you know, 100 years. And you don't have to be wearing like a Rolex to be wearing a nicely designed quartz watch that would be considered stylish. I'm reticent to write off smartwatches longevity entirely, but I do think that there is a a limited time period in which these are are going to be considered stylish. And obviously the round smartwatch, Fossil's done this fairly well. I think Scoggin as like the design company under the Fossil group has done a pretty good job. I've never particularly thought the Galaxy Watch was an attractive smartwatch. It's just a vessel. It's a blank vessel. It might it may be rounded it may have slim bezels, but there's nothing to me that stands out, even on the classic, as it being particularly stylish or attractive in any meaningful way. The way that like the Pixel Watch, it, it, it makes a statement of sorts. Yeah, I can understand that because the watch is definitely like much more conservative. It's much more modest. It's just the Galaxy Z Flip Fold and Z Flip are designed to like stand out wherever you go. The Galaxy Watch is basically designed to be invisible if you're not looking for it. Yeah, and that, that's just really interesting to me because I look at something like the Falster Gen 6, which is Scoggin's latest model. It's basically a round smartwatch with a couple of buttons on the side and a digital crown, but the lugs are prominent. The lugs uh, are ridiculous. I like them. I mean, I, I think it has an opinion. And the Galaxy Watch does not. And the classic has a little bit more of an opinion, but again, I think Samsung could take more more risks. And this is just indicative of Samsung's complacency entirely. So what I'm hoping to see from the watch classic, at least the six, the watch six classic is a thinner design so that it comes under what the watch five is and that there's a little bit more of a statement made about the design. I'm not expecting that, but that's that's what I'm hoping. I was going to say, please don't hold your breath because the basic like shape of the watch hasn't changed in any of the renders and basically looks the same as the five in the, in the four for the regular one. For the six classic pro, whatever we think it's going to be called, 
the rotating bezel is still like that's the design feature otherwise it's just going to be a relatively unassuming watch so it can be as adaptable to oh this is a workout watch or oh this is a luxury or this is a more like wear it to formal occasions thing i will say to the wedding photographer if this is talking about wedding photos like you're going and you're posing for photos why the hell wouldn't you just take the watch off for that hour and then put it back on well because some of us have tan lines <laughs> but also because people think that it's a watch yeah. right people consider it to be their watch so it's not even maybe it's just a that I'm a girl but if I showed up to anything at my wedding wearing a watch I would be receiving very many odd stares I mean I'm 98% sure that during my wedding season 2015 I was wearing some galaxy watch it was probably like a gear of some sort first generation but I do remember explicitly deciding on my wedding day, I would wear, I had a, a really nice watch that my dad gave me and it was meaningful and sentimental and it just looked great with a black suit. And that's what I wore on my wedding day. And I, I'm never going to regret that decision. But I do know now that if I was wearing some Galaxy Gear watch, as attractive as it might have been, I would probably cringe if I look at those photos. I don't know. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just me. If you're looking at your wedding photos and looking at the watch, I think you might be paying attention to the wrong things in that photo. Oh, please. Uh, unsaid, by the way, is that it, <laughs> Daniel is wearing Google Glass in all of his wedding photos. If you look, God if you look, he's, he's, he was a true believer. I am. Oh. I walked in to the sound of the Microsoft startup logo, and I, I, I gave everybody in the audience a pair of Google cards. It was, it was a beautiful day. Um, my wedding was actually in AR. It was, it was fantastic. You got married in the metaverse. <laughs> oh my God. Too soon for that. Sorry. sorry. Um, and somebody's going to get married in like Facebook horizon one day and it's just going to be the best moment of all time. The culmination <laughs> of all of Mark Zuckerberg's hard work. Yeah. They present NFTs to each other instead of rings. Oh or... <laughs> man. Oh, I saw. Okay. So I have many, many terrible emails that I get every day. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. And the best one I got recently was an AI assistant made for owners of a particular NFT. So <sighs> if you bought this NFT, there is a custom designed AI assistant that they will generate for you based on the design of your NFT. And you use it as an app. So basically like you download this app and based on the NFT, it like moves and talks with your NFT design, but it's, I guess, plugged into ChatGPT's API or whatever, and you can communicate with it. And the best part, though, is that it's designed to like shit talk you and be really mean to you all the time. So I mean, just, to, just to further your investment, not only did you waste money on this NFT, but it's also going to make you feel bad in the voice of an AI. It's just incredible, incredible. Every year we're just getting Value. closer to net navvies and I just can't wait for the day that I have <laughs> a smart, like a slightly smart ass one to help me actually get my shit done on time because I've proven incapable of being a functioning adult. There are, I mean, I, I saw today on Twitter, somebody had hacked into a Nest Mini and replaced it with their own assistant that plugs into ChatGPT, which I find really fascinating. Like people are, essentially like homebrewing their smart home stuff with these like available APIs. Well, someone's got to get it to work, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk quickly about. Wait. I want to, I want to say something here mostly because it'll transition from the watches into the tablets. Um, but the, oh, we don't have to talk about the tablets. <laughs> tablets oh. are boring, but yeah, uh, go ahead. Um, the biggest reason I'm excited for the Watch 6 is that it's going to be like probably the most affordable Galaxy Watch ever, even if Samsung does raise the price slightly because of the reservation bonus that they're doing right now. Because like even for the Galaxy S23 series and all basically the last like seven or eight product launches before that, Samsung would be like, oh, reserve one of these devices and you'll get $100, $200, $300 credit you can use on Samsung during your purchase, which you can use towards like earbuds or cases or accessories or secondary devices. If you're buying a phone, how about a watch? But you couldn't use that on the device that you actually signed up to reserve. And this time you're only getting $50 of credit 
but that's better because it's going towards the device itself instead of going to all the shit that you bought to use up the credits. So this reduces e-waste, thank you, but also makes the devices more affordable, especially the watches considering that $50 credit is the same whether you're buying a 1800 or whatever, 2000, whatever it's going to be, Fold 5, or if you buy a, I got, I'm hoping it's still 280, uh, Watch 6. Especially once you add in the trade-ins, because trade-ins for the watches have been insane. Samsung has had, I think, basically since the launch of the Galaxy Watch 5, a minimum of $70 trade-in value for any watch, any smartwatch in any condition. And if you're trading in a Galaxy Watch, it's been like 130 to 150 for the Galaxy Watch 3 and 4. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how affordable the Watch 6 might be and whether or not I'm upgrading myself and or my dad. Because <sighs> if I can get it below 150 that is an instant upgrade for me. Not just for the smaller bezels around the screen so I can actually see more on my screen as I'm doing stuff, but for that longer battery, for that more durable screen for the Galaxy Watch 4 that I bought last year, two years ago. God, time is a flat circle. But yeah, the reservation bonus is great, except for the fact that it- It doesn't scale. It doesn't scale. So it favors the people like me who are just buying a smaller thing as opposed to the people who are going to buy bigger things. Right, but that's where trade-in deals come in. So, as yeah. you said, like hopefully they're good enough to justify like your Yeah, well, trade-in that's the problem. The trade-in stuff for the phones and the tablets this year has just just kind of been trash and that's really not great for anybody who's looking to pick up a tablet cuz Samsung needs these tablets to compete and I'm just not feeling it on the tablets. The tablets feel like they look basically the exact same as the S7 and the S8, which the S7 was God, was that 2019 or 2018 for the S7 series? I think 2019. They replace them every two years. Yeah, so that'll be five years now without a major design update looking at all of the no, leaks. 2020. August 2020. Was it 2020? Yeah. Okay. Four years. Wait. Three. Three. Uh, I can't do math. I need food. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. Well, we don't have to talk about tablets. We can we can spend we, time we talking really about this. We really don't. Yeah. I don't even think Samsung wants us to talk about the tablets. I think Samsung just wants to release the tablets and hope that like Salesforce buys 8,000 of them so that they can meet their quarterly goals and everybody just forgets that they exist. The fact that Samsung sells a 15-inch tablet for $1,200 <laughs> offends me to my very core. Separate from the keyboard and the case and everything else. Like, yeah. Thank you so much for including an S Pen, Samsung. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> this is a $1,300 computer that does not have most of what a computer needs. So, unless Dex is basically Windows now, I'm good here. Can I say, yesterday, a Spectrum salesman came to my door to try to convince me to switch away from Fios back to Spectrum, to which I, I said politely no. And uh, I will say, he was holding a Galaxy Tab S8 Plus to show me my offer. So there you go. There are people out there. Companies They're out lovely. There. They're, they're yeah. great tablets. They're, Wait, they're was also he carrying it without a case? I just know what the okay. S8 Plus looks like. Yeah. Like, obviously, they're going to get discounted. Every Samsung product does. But to have an MSRP that high, I find... Uh, not not justifiable. Well, and no, nope. I mean way. even Apple doesn't justify those. Sure, but like I mean, isn't Apple... the iPad Pro like tops out at twelve hundred? Like tops out in like eleven fifty, twelve hundred. Oh, but you get a... an extra inch and a half of screen real estate on the S8 Pro or S8 Ultra, and I'm sure Apple is going to build an iPad Ultra at some point. I mean, everything else is getting an Ultra, so I would not be surprised if in a year from now Apple has a 15-inch iPad selling for $1200 starting. But yeah, Just I mean make right a now screen MacBook Apple, it's it's not that hard. I swear to you it's not that hard. But right now I mean like you can get an iPad Pro for $800, right? The entry level 11-inch iPad Pro is $800. The 12.9-inch which is objectively a better tablet in almost every way than Samsung's equivalent is $1,100. So, you know, potato, potato. Okay, uh, let's let's move on. I'd like to talk about the Nothing Phone Tune for a second. Yeah. Neither, none of us have used it, as far as I can tell, right? No. Nope. All right, so I'm going to plug Miriam's uh, mobile tech podcast. I was on that last week. 
We talked about it. She's reviewed it for Hot Hardware. Go read that. We'll put it in the show notes. But I know enough about this product. I think we all do to sort of appreciate Carl Pei's strategy here, mirroring the early days of OnePlus to some extent. This feels like an improvement over the Nothing Phone 1 in every way. It's a lot more expensive, but the costs feel justified in, in many respects. Many of the reviews are positive. Taylor gave it an 8 out of 10, which I think, you know, Taylor doesn't just throw 8s at products very easily because he has a terrible throwing arm. No, I'm joking. I'm terrible. That was a bad joke. He's pretty deliberate with his ratings, and I think giving a phone an 8 out of 10 is a testament to how good it is at $599. Will, from your perspective, I mean, you live in this world of Android phones. Where does this fit? How do you feel about it coming to the U.S.? Who would you recommend it to, if anybody? Oh, man. That is my biggest issue with nothing, is that when you look at the current ecosystem of smartphones, you're like, where do you fit in? Because you're you're like definitely like fashion first, right? It is a good compromise between price and performance, I'd say. Like $600 for a phone using a Snapdragon 8 plus Gen 1 is totally fair. That's a good chip. I don't care if it's a year old. Like The difference between that and the 8 Gen 2 is like, pretty slim at best but it is like they're not really aiming for like tech enthusiasts right they're aiming for like lifestyle vloggers on like instagram or something i don't know which like all of those people are using iphones so i I don't really know what the audience is out there and they've seen this you can look up there is like certain levels of research of like older or whatever i don't know where we are in gen z but like as Gen Z is turning 18, 19, 20, and they're on their own budget or whatever, they kind of want like different products. They don't want to just buy whatever their parents are using. And like statistically, it's probably an iPhone. And so like, I do wonder if there's space in there for like a nothing phone to, to succeed where they're like, well, actually, I don't care about being a green bubble and I want something flashy and different in this phone with a translucent back and a bunch of lights on the back of it fits that bill. I think there is space to carve out a niche there. But like in terms of even growing into the size of like OnePlus, like it, I don't, you know, they're not sold in carrier stores. You have to know nothing. And I don't know how many people are going to know nothing. I don't know. It's, it, it's such a weird, like I want them to succeed, but I don't really know where they fit in because they're kind of like pulling right. from all these different worlds to make a good smartphone. But what does that mean in 2023? I don't know. Yeah. I think Miriam summed it up nicely when she said, that nobody's actually going to buy this thing, and yet a lot of people should buy this thing. It's just a better device than a lot of others out there. But at the same time, the U.S. is sort of spoiled for choice when it comes to that higher value slash you know mid-range segment. The budget flagship that I've written the, about sure, this year. The budget flagship. Yeah. I mean, we have Motorola's Edge series. We have yep. OnePlus 11. We now have this at $599. If you go down $100, we have the Pixel 7a, which is usually on sale. I think the 7a is a better phone than the Nothing Phone in a lot of ways, but it's not as powerful. The screen on the Nothing Phone one is better, obviously. The Pixel 7a screen is terrible. It is really bad. But I also think you're getting more for your software value from Google. For sure. Nothing OS 2 is really good. It, It seems like Nothing has done a great job with Android 13, but early nothing software was a mess. And I don't know if they have the resources that obviously Google does to deliver a consistently good experience over time. So sort of taking a risk there a little bit, I wouldn't say it's a huge risk, but it's a risk nonetheless. And most people have come out and said the cameras are good, but not great. They're just fine. Which I'm this is like a discussion for a, a, an episode where we're not 52 minutes into the record, but I do feel like if a smartphone maker can nail good, not great at this point with their cameras, it's fine. Like, I do think sometimes we put a little too much stock into into camera quality. Like, I like seeing a good picture as much as the next guy, but like, if they can nail the basics, like, I, most people are going to be satisfied. Not everyone, I know, including people on this staff and I don't know, maybe Daniel's about to yell at me, but I think most people will be happy with the shots they post to Instagram from the Nothing Phone 2. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm not going to disagree with you. I think what Nothing has is obviously Carl Pei, who is a very visible spokesperson, somebody who the average phone buyer might know, whereas 
nobody knows Pete Lau, really. I don't know if the average phone buyer would know Carl. Maybe not the average, <laughs> but like the average early adopter. Sure, yes, for sure. Style, for sure. Like somebody who buys their phones unlocked, reads Android Police. Um, nerds. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> let's go with nerds. But yeah, I, I, I just think there are some interesting devices available to people these days that weren't available a couple of years ago, like Motorola making great devices again. There's just, we're spoiled for choice. And then there's just the Samsung Apple question of like, are most people going to walk into a store and if they have a $500 budget, they're either going to leave with an iPhone SE or an A54, right? Because that's just how people buy phones. And Carl can't compete with that because he's not selling in a T-Mobile store. I mean, that brings me back to my thing where I'm like, I think there is a, a chance for people who want something different to to get bored of. I got another Samsung phone and it's another Samsung phone. And like even people who are not enthusiasts, like they like the new shiny thing, right? They want to be drawn in by like, no, this thing's very different than the last thing I bought. And therefore, I feel good about the fact that I just spent $600 on it because it doesn't just feel like the most iterative upgrade in the world. It's why we talk about trade-ins. It's like, if anyone, I'm sorry, but like, if you trade your Z Fold 4 in for a Z Fold 5, like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't care. Unless they offer it to you for free, I don't know what you're doing. Save whatever money you're going to spend on it and, and do it down the road. But I think people are going to start like, especially as Apple and Samsung just continue to like really ratchet down the changes between generations. I mean, like every iPhone 15 leak is like they've switched to titanium edges and they're slightly curved now. And it's like, I don't who cares? Like USB-C is like, great. It's overdue. I do think there will be people out there. And, and again, not just enthusiasts who are like, I, I want something. I, I do need something just a little different to like kind of make my purchase feel mm-hmm. valid. Yeah. You know, and those glyphs are going to do it. <laughs> they just might. Turn your, Listen, you just turn your phone upside down, baby. You can and make your own ringtone or whatever with uh, bl- Swedish House Mafia. You. You're, you're dancing to that. You're raving in your bedroom. <laughs> Wearing your nothing ears, nothing earbuds too. You're you're just going at it, transparent to the world, just feeling good. But for real, if we're gonna start a trend amongst like technology, I really wish we could have another. Tr- everything's transparent. I like it. I like yeah, the design. from like because like even back in like the Game Boy era and the GameCube era, all of those were the best ones to have. Purple translucent Purple yes. Game Boy Color. Absolutely. Yes, a hundred percent best product ever made. Now I had a green one, but I still I did I did love it. I my my Game Boy Advance was translucent, so I did get I got on the I got on the train. I was just a generation late. Oh, I loved I loved that Game Boy Color. It was, it was so good. good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the the uh, Maddie's uh, N sixty four that we have now in the house is is the translucent purple one. Oh really? Yeah. So it, it works. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I bought an cool. HDMI adapter for it. We're, we're, I wonder how working. if those are like collector's items these days depends on the condition it's in. it's in pretty good condition but i i like having it her dad gave me his game collection and it's it's surprisingly deep it's pretty much every n64 game you would want so i'm very i feel lucky there was a guy who got like ripped off very publicly a few weeks ago where he traded in like a special edition n64 and a game boy and a whole bunch of other old nintendo stuff for a nintendo switch Tears of the Kingdom edition, and everybody was just like roasting him for giving this up and to calling the store like irresponsible for accepting all this because obviously they made way more money. They came out of the end, that end of the deal just up so much. But honestly, like good for him. If he wants to play Tears of the Kingdom on that new Switch, like all the power to him. But yeah, I envy people that are not inherent collectors because they can move on from the things that they own you know they don't just hoard old phones because they one day might be (laughs) worth something or be interesting like me so if that man has the centered soul necessary to move on from his translucent purple n64 bless him that's all i'm saying Okay, I think that's it. We're not going to talk more about Motorola because we've already we've already been there. They're we're, good phones. I don't know. Go check them out. Don't worry about the software updates. Don't stress about it. Plug your editorial. <laughs> that's all. 
Yeah, go read it. It's uh, it, it's it's good. I I the comments are a lot about software updates, which is weird because I talk about software updates in the in the in the piece. Uh, like I I hear you. I I understand. I'm taking Motorola's bi-monthly promise at their word. I I hear you about slow, you know, updates to Android 14, for example. I just don't think it matters very much anymore. Like I I I mean, are either of you excited for Android 14? Like really? I. No, not really. Okay, see, like we don't. I'm way more excited about iOS 17. Sure, fair. I want us to steal more of iOS 17. Please. The fact that iPhone. I can't wait to bump my phone again. (laughs) Um, the fact that iPhones are going to make a better like homes, uh, smart home display than the Google Pixel tablet whenever that feature rolls out. Yeah, just blows my mind. And that needs to be something Android steals immediately. The fact that Android didn't already have it boggles the mind. I'm looking forward to your editorial, Ara. Signing that. Can I sign that? Do I have the rights to sign? I don't think I do. That's okay. I mean, I'm sure you can <laughs> like throw it on the pile, but I mean, I got <laughs> so much to do first. You and me both. Uh, happy almost Samsung week. All right, Daniel, go ahead. Go ahead. I, won't, I won't eat up any more time. Well, that's it. I'm going to let you get back to work so you can fight over what work you can and cannot do. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you want to leave feedback, podcast at androidpolice.com. We do love hearing from you. Will and Ara are going to go back into their caves to work on Samsung stuff. <laughs> yeah. And we will be back next week with all of the details as they're available. As uh, if you recall, the Unpacked is at a weird time. It's 7 a.m. Eastern. It's it's 7 a.m. Yeah, because it's in Korea. They're doing it in the evening. It's 13 hours ahead there. So it'll be 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific. I don't think anybody needs to get up early that day. Yeah, don't watch it. Aura and I will be online for it because we have to be. I was about to say, I I have to be up for it. I don't know if I'm going to be watching it, but I have to be up for it. No one needs to watch this event. I promise. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's the only hint we'll give about what we're talking about next week. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Will. Ara, hope you have a great week. Everybody else, I hope you have a great week too. We'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.